There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, buddy, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's a nice, chilly, I guess it's still fall, technically, evening here in Lubbock. I think it's 30 degrees outside, and I'm kind of chilly here in my house. What about you? It's fall for another week or so. Yeah, it's a little little, little cool past few days. Had um. What was it, like high of the se- in the seventies Sunday, and then didn't check the weather after in the morning when I saw it was going to be seventy, and we were getting ready to go to Samantha's family's house for Sunday dinner. Shorts and a t-shirt, walked outside. Is like, nope, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that cold front blew in about one one thirty because I, I did the same thing. I was fully in short and t-shirt. Uh, mode that morning that I went outside to do some chores and whatnot and immediately came back in and grabbed a hoodie. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good times. Um, all right. So in this episode, we will update on the basketball schedule. We've had one game since our last recording. Um, we'll talk about some football news, both in the transfer portal, coaching updates, from around the country recruiting signing uh, early signing period starts on Wednesday, the 18th bowl season kicks off this week. Got a little baseball news questions, what we learned. Um, but if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at 23 personnel. It's two, three personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at Punts Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Now, guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for you, our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 shipping. 
Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. We had game 10 this week, this Monday night. Texas Tech hosted the Southern Miss, what are they, Golden Eagles? That sounds right. Uh, they were golden for sure. Sure were. Uh, Texas Tech takes down Southern Miss 71-65. But it was not that great of a game. <laughs> it was really ugly both sides. Um, Southern Miss actually had a seven-point lead at halftime. And it was... I, you never, at least me, I didn't ever feel nervous or concerned about the game, but like you could never pull away from them. Um, you were actually fighting to, to, to keep in the game for, oh, for a lot of it. Um, you just, you didn't have great performance from anybody outside of, well, I say that you've got three guys that scored in double figures TJ Shannon had 18 points. Moretti had 17. Clark had 14. Um, I think the biggest thing where you feel like you had a bad day offensively is your three-point shooting was only 22%. Oh, it was it was dismal. The first half, I think it was, what, 13%? Texas Tech shot two for 15 in the first half from three. And, you know, talking about whether or not this, this game just never – the largest lead, let's see, because it was it, the lead changed quite a bit, but really, uh, Southern Miss had the lead for the majority of the game. They led by eight at one point. Tech led by eight at one point there towards the very end. But even with two and a half minutes left, Spencer, it was a two-point game. Tech was up by two to a three-win Conference USA team without their best player with two guys who played 40 minutes. They had two guys that never left the floor. And I, this was, man, this was a rough one. I, I didn't get to watch it during the broadcast, but I, I rewatched a DVR of it today. And man, we, Moretti needs, he, he needs to get out of his funk. And I know that he's capable because I, I remember that the last one I remember was, um, I think the first either the first game or two in the NCAA tourney was, was kind of similar to this game and uh, even against Louisville a little bit because, gosh, Moretti just finished. He had 
four for 17 from the field on the night and only three of 11 from three. I think at one point he was one for 12. I think that was the first half. I love that the guy makes free throws, but he's got to make, he's got to get back up to 40 ish percent on, on field goals. And, you know, even three pointers, that'd be fan or three pointers would be fantastic in the forties. But I, I think that's, one of the stories here is is one how well Clark played, which you kind of. T- okay, it's time to commit. Twenty twenty four is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety five at Bite dot com. Bite clear liners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Touched on because he had a double-double himself, but how poorly Moretti shot and I hate to call the guy out but it was just a really rough night yeah Moretti was 0 for 7 from 3 in the first half finished 3 of 11 um, and I think at one point he was 1 for 9 um, so yeah he, he kept shooting and they weren't they weren't all like bad shots no like it, it seemed like, like a good deal of his shots he was open. He had time to, to to hit it in rhythm, and so many of them hit off the front edge of the of the rim. So I'm not sure what that is. I mean, he finished with 17 points, six of six from of the from the free throw line. So still, um, you know, he's like 95 percent on the season or whatever that percentage works out to be. What I don't even remember what is. It's like 35 of 36. It's something like that. Yeah, he's. I know on the broadcast they said he was either second or third nationally nationally at the time. Yeah. Um, where do you go? Okay, there's TJ Shannon again. Like I said, 18 points, 5 of 13 from the field, 8 of 9 from the line. Um, he, he was aggressive, and, and you like to see it. He was smart. He wasn't picking up a lot of fouls. He only got two. Holyfield again had four. Uh, he did pick up scoring a little bit with nine points. Um, but I think that the biggest surprise or the the thing I'm most excited about from this game was to see how aggressive Clark was on the offensive side, that when he no would kidding. drive, he would put up shots and they were going in, or if not, he was drawing a foul. Um, you know, he shot 50% from the floor and 100% from the free throw line. He was 5 of 10 and then 4 of 4. Awesome. Yeah, and he's he's about a he, that's kind of the one negative I think on him. I think so far this year he was in the fifty percent ish range for free throws. So that was great that he made all four of those to uh, 
last nine. Mm-hmm. And he had 11 rebounds, so there's the double-double. You mentioned six assists and only one foul in 38 minutes. He played the most minutes of anybody for Tech, and I would say he played the best game. He didn't have the most points, but across the board uh, and basically any of those those categories, I mean, you you want that kind of performance repeated anytime he's out there. Uh, he did get the start. Starting five were um, Edwards, Shannon, Holyfield, Moretti, and Clark. The other starter we haven't mentioned yet, Edwards, he had nine points. Four of ten from the field. One of seven from three. So that, that's... It's not just Moretti who was missing threes. Uh, Edwards only hit one. Two rebounds, two assists, two two turnovers in 34 minutes. Yeah, it, it and Edwards never shot a free throw, which that just kind of he he just kept going for jumpers, uh, whether he was really making them or not. He and he, he you know he wound up forty percent for the night, so that's that's really pretty good, four for ten. But I'd like to see him get a little bit more aggressive, drive to the basket, create some contact, uh, maybe try to get to the free throw line. It, and you know defensively, Tech just didn't handle business on that end either. I, you know this Southern Miss team. They shot 50% in the first half. They shot 45% in the second half. They just kind of ran out of time and ran out of gas, really. And Tech was a little bit fortunate, especially with the you – know, Moretti you know, hit a big three towards the end of the game, hit some clutch free throws. Tech had that crazy 10-second violation. All of a sudden, they couldn't break a press. Which uh, I, I you thought know, was it – was, It was a weird ending. I – on first look at it, I didn't go back and replay it, um, and they didn't show a replay. It looked like Moretti was there, you know, that he didn't, that 10 second was kind of ticky tack. Like he was crossing the line when, when he blew that whistle. It was definitely at 20 when, when they blew the whistle and stopped the, yeah. I mean, it, the, the, not shot. Yeah. The shot clock was at 20. So yeah. it had been 10 seconds, but you know, you're right. It, I didn't actually look to see how close he was, but, and, and it's not, it's not, this is not a game. I, I think you can point to that. There were some officiating issues. I didn't notice anything. I'm not an, I'm not a basketball official. I did watch the broadcast. I didn't hear anybody really all that upset. Um, I mean, you just, you just didn't perform very well offensively or defensively. Um, you mentioned that they shot 47 Southern Miss shot 47% from the field, 31% from three. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is they were settling for enough jump shots that had they been more aggressive, they probably could have gone to the line a little bit more and closed this gap or even uh, taken a lead or won this game. Um, every like all of the stats, the stat categories, turnovers they had sixteen. You had twelve. Um, rebounds they had thirty-one. To Texas Tech had thirty-five. Uh, second chance points they had nine. Tech had eleven. Uh, points in the paint both teams had twenty-four. Man, um, each team just had, a really evenly matched game, which you wouldn't think from a, a top. 25 team versus a 300 plus team, right? Sure. Um, which I, I guess, I mean, it, it, it is really concerning that you have such a wild swing in performances from last week when you 
defeat Louisville, number one team on the road or in a neutral site, and then come home against a woefully overmatched opponent, and you have to struggle with them. And it's not that your your starting lineup has changed any in, in the past few games. You've you've played without Jamias Ramsey now for four or five games. So it's not like his absence was uh, was the leading cause there or adjusting to a, a new lineup or, or somebody being out. Um, they have another game this weekend before Christmas break. Saturday, it'll be on Fox Sports Southwest Plus at 1 p.m. They, are, they will be hosting UTRGV, the Vaqueros, from way out in South Texas. Yeah, and that was a game last year that it, it – this is just a, a habit with Beard's teams these last two years, is especially the first half. Tech will let people kind of hang around. Uh, they'll let teams that shouldn't be in the game stay in the game. Just the issue this year is that the second half has not been as dramatic of a turnaround. And that's that was kind of worried about that happening last year. Fortunately, it never really did. It never really cost Tech that much. Uh, you know, maybe in the maybe against West Virginia in the Big Twelve tournament, but who really cares about that? Uh, the you know this was a game last year where Tech, I think UTRGV was within two or three at half, and then Tech blew them out of the water in the second half. But this team hasn't really shown that they can do that. They've got to. Uh, They've got to attack the whole game. They can't take the first half off and and then just hope that, yeah, that we'll figure it out second half because they barely escaped Southern Miss kind of doing that uh, type of play. Yeah, so this matchup last season was 38-31 at the half, and then you ended up winning the game 71-46. Yeah, just had, completely annihilated them in yeah, the second half. You had a 33-15 to second half. Um and it got you to 11 and 1 on the season that night it was on the 28th of December uh and you were number 9 in the country at that point yeah so it's um you know tech will obviously they won't fall from the rankings or anything but no one's going to be super impressed with with this win this week uh so tech will need to rebound against UTRGV this Saturday i'm hoping they do and then you know we won't see them again for another eight days. They'll play the Sunday after Christmas versus CSU Bakersfield here in Lubbock at three, and then Big Twelve play starts that following Saturday, January fourth, against Oklahoma State. So yeah, I was get ready, guys. It's, I was uh, hoping for the team to look a little more settled before getting or being this too. close to um, Big Twelve play. All right, you want to talk about some football? Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Hand off to Marcus Fields. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw. Going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, my. You got it. Touchdown. Oh. Red Robert Johnson. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. 
deep strike. Got the big man. Country holds free. And touchdown. Red Raiders with a second to go. Let the scoring begin. All right, so I guess the biggest news uh, that came out over the past week is that starting quarterback Jet Duffy has entered the transfer portal. Michael, what are your, your initial initial reaction, instant reaction to yeah, that? Basic, yeah, it's pretty instant because it, it seemed like it just happened, but I know it's been a few days. I'm still processing it. I had a feeling that one or – either Duffy or Bowman would transfer, uh, you know, especially the love rumors that really kind of, uh, Jared love from Utah state, Jordan, Jordan, sorry guys, you're good. Jordan love from Utah state. He, when he kind of got into the mix, I really kind of worried about maybe losing both of them. Uh, but I, I have a feeling and I'm not sure if this is, if you share this theory or not, that Wells basically told Duffy that, Bowman was going to get the nod no matter what, and Duffy decided to use this opportunity. He's about to be, I think he's graduating soon, so he can play immediately. Uh, as long as it's not in the Big 12, right? Or does that matter? Do you know? Do I know what? I'm sorry. Can he play immediately as a grad transfer within the Big 12, or does he does he still have to sit out a year if he transfers within the conference? I, you know, I don't know. I think, I think grad, I think you still have the penalty within the conference. I kind of think so too. As a grad transfer that you would still need to sit a year, which wouldn't work. Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't recall many grad transfers happening within conference. I, I hope he finds a place where he can play, you know, where he doesn't have to, maybe not necessarily doesn't have to fight for a position, but where he, he's able to play and hopefully start his last year. Duffy played, I think he played great for Tech this year. He he really stepped in, took control of things. Uh, I still stand by, and I think most of us do, that he didn't cost Tech any games. And I, I really hope that he is able to find some success wherever he lands. I wonder where it could be. I have no idea. I know Bouchelle's still got a year left, I think, at SMU. That's always one that comes to mind. That's where Big 12 quarterbacks tend to go, uh, especially ones in Texas. Well, so That are Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He could he could follow up Hurts and could see what, uh, what O'Lincoln could do with, with Duffy. So, uh I'll be I'll be following him, rooting for him. That's for sure. Um, I kind of hate that he got a little bit of a raw deal, but at, at least he was able to to play a lot this year. And hopefully, the coaching staff was straightforward with him, and and he was able to make the best decision for his collegiate career. Yeah. So I, I guess looking back, uh, maybe I was trying to talk myself into Jet Duffy staying when I said that it would make more sense for Alan Bowman to transfer. But if since Bowman sat out this year and he didn't graduate, he'd have to sit out at another school likely. So he would lose yeah. two years. Um, whereas Duffy being a senior next year, having graduated from Texas tech, um, I guess this past weekend, 
um, he's got the most immediate opportunity, eligibility to go play somewhere else. So I think that was more wishful thinking that Duffy would, would, would stay. Like you said, I don't think Duffy did anything like he wasn't the reason why you lost games on the flip side. A lot of people said that he didn't do anything well enough to win you any games. Um, which I, I guess is fair. Um, but there are also people along the extreme that said that Texas tech was four and eight with Duffy as the starter for the majority of the season. That kind of speaks for itself. And I'm like, well, Duffy is one of 11 on offense. Sure. Yeah. And, and at tech, when you rotate in as many running backs that you couldn't keep healthy and it wasn't like, you know, one, it's not like that they were big season ending injuries. They just, except for shine, maybe you can, you could consider a big season ending injury, although it was a minor injury that would have taken long enough to heal at the time it did that cost him the rest of the season. It wasn't like anybody blew an ACL or broke a bone or anything. Right. I say that shine broke a bone, but <laughs> or several. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. Just not like a, an obvious, Oh, this guy's going to be out the rest of the year. It was yeah. a day to day situation as Wells likes to say, which is strange. You had so many guys that were day to day for running backs. You, you lost a couple along the offensive line. Um, you had inconsistent starters and starting starter performances from your receivers but I guess the point I'm making is the four and eight doesn't fall on Jet Duffy. Um, you, you can't say that. Well, as a starting quarterback, Jet Duffy went four and eight. It's like, well, okay, but Patrick Mahomes went five and seven. Are you going to say that Patrick Mahomes is a five and seven quarterback? Oh no, no. no there they, would be they're... all sorts of excuses with that. Well, that was when Tech's defense was ranked last in the. Yeah, yeah, I know. Tech's defense was also ranked 128th and passing yards this year yeah the the defense really kind of fell off especially their middle and then towards the end of the season couldn't stop anything so like I said point is four and eight not on Duffy I I think he's gonna he is going to be an underappreciated quarterback for his time at Texas Tech for the stats he was able to 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 pile up I, I I even saw some people saying, well, Jet Duffy, man, he always had that, that, that turnover problem. It's like, do you, <laughs> do you know what you're talking about, man? Because, like, if you look at Jet Duffy and Alan Bowman, like, th- they gave you, outside of the non-conference games that Bowman had the, the benefit of playing in and Jet Duffy didn't, they gave you the exact same stats. Mm-hmm. which is That's weird because right. they're not the same quarterback. They do it differently, but they gave you the same touchdowns, the same turnovers, but yet somehow Duffy has the turnover problem, not Bowman. Yeah. Learn something. I know. I hope, I just hope he does well. I hope he finds a lands at a place where he can take that starting job and, and just uh, finish strong and in, in a solid career that probably kind of, well, not kind of. It got off to a really shaky start yeah. with off the field stuff, and uh, hopefully, he's learned a lot from that, and will be able to, uh, you know, showcase that beyond college that he's matured from that, and hopefully, is uh, 
a better person because of it. Mm-hmm. One more thing. Um, I, I think he's good enough to go play for another power five school. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. he, he has to be relegated to a group of five. Um, now I would say his power five opportunities will be more limited. The group of five. Um, and that he's certainly going to have to find like the right fit at a power five school for that to work out. Um, you know, where, where as a group of five, I think he could walk in and be one of the more most talented players on the field. Um, but I, I do think a, a power five opportunity is out there for Duffy and he's not going to be, Oh, he has to go play at Southern miss to be a starter. Sure. Sure. Or, or he could play for one of those up and coming group of fives. I mean, I could see that like the cream of the crop group of fives. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, he's, he's proved, you know, beyond the reasonable doubt that he's capable of, of playing in the power five conference and commanding that offense. Yeah. Speaking of commanding an offense, did you see that uh, Graham Harrell is not going to Texas? Oh, this makes me so happy. Yeah. He, um, well, I think he, he signed a, what, a three-year deal, three, 3.6 million with the Trojans, which is quite the, uh, the, the payday for a coordinator. Oh yeah. That's not too bad. That's, you, you know, this was the guy that I remember, uh, following him when he went to the, the Packers. I think he lived on an air mattress in a, in a one bedroom apartment uh-huh. <laughs> when he started with green Bay. And now here he is making 1.2 a year to, uh, to run an offense. Now time will tell if, if that coaching staff will survive for the three years on his contract. Oh, for sure. But he's certainly setting himself up for future success, future opportunities. Um, I'm just really grateful and glad that he will not be in Austin this upcoming season to try to bail out Tom Herman, who fired all of his staff before the bowl game, and then hired a defensive coordinator with basically the same defensive performance that Todd Orlando gave him. But it wasn't Todd Orlando's name, so I'm sure that's going to be okay. It's different, it's new, and it's better, uh, right? That's that's all that counts. Sure. And it's got to be a hard sell. You know, if I sold, sold, if I fired everyone on my... Let's say I had a, a staff of 10 people at work and I just fired them all one day and everyone who was interviewing for the new positions knew that, that would kind of kill your credibility from the start. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I had a great transition there about new starts <laughs> a while ago and ah. we kind of moved off of that, but it's okay. Because, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn here. I'm not that, I don't take myself that seriously, Michael. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, early signing period starts Wednesday the 18th. Recruits committed in the 2019-2020 recruiting class will be able to sign their letters of intent, which is the one step closer uh, to being enrolled at the school there will be a handful of these guys that will enroll in January. Um, but it will allow Wells and company to then focus on the remainder of the class, filling holes, filling needs. Um, as of tonight, Tuesday night, the class was rated 43rd in the country. So not great, yeah. but not yeah. 
it's been worse. It's been bad. It's been worse. Oh, it's been a, what Kingsbury's last couple of years was in sixties and seventies. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that 18 of the, of the 20, of the 20 athletes in the recruiting class are expected to sign tomorrow, which is a big deal. Like if you can get 18 of, the, of your 20 guys signed, you can work on your other two guys and then focus on filling those last handful probably five or six scholarships. I don't have the numbers all calculated out. And that's something that we've seen, especially with basketball, which apples and oranges here, something you can kind of finesse a little bit to to make the numbers work out. But of those expected to sign, uh, you you will probably see wide receiver, Loa Kwanji from Midland Lee cornerback, Ryan Frank from West Magnolia safety, Kobe minor from Lake Dallas. He was a guy that was, Receiving a lot of interest, there was some concern that he may flip on you. He didn't. We'll sign tomorrow. Juco offensive tackle Ethan Card. He is a new commit as of today. He visited recently, received an offer, and then committed. He's currently out at Coffeyville Community College. You've also got another another two uh, Juco guys. One defensive tackle Devin Drew from Iowa Western. And then linebacker Krishan Merriweather, uh, who's a, an All-American. Uh, I think he led all JUCO in tackles. And then the grad transfer from Michigan State linebacker Brandon Boyer-Randall. Um, those are the guys that you're for sure signing tomorrow. Others that are in the class that you would expect, the majority of these guys, like I said, if 18 are expected to sign, you've got 20 in the class. There's only two on this list that you wouldn't see, but wide receiver Jalen Polk, running back Taj Brooks, athlete Miles Price, defensive end Philip Bleedy, defensive end LB Moore, which is tricky because <laughs> he's a defensive end with the initials of LB as a linebacker, athlete Quinn Bright, wide receiver JJ Sparkman, quarterback Donovan Smith, who I think a lot of people are excited to see, especially with all the news of shake up in the quarterback room and what a season he had this year. Linebacker, Derek Lewis, cornerback, Nate Floyd, tight end, John Holcomb, offensive tackle, Caleb Rogers, offensive tackle, Larry Moore, who's coming out of Missouri city played at the same high school as Deandre Washington did. And then safety, Jonathan Davis from Dallas. So, Hopefully it's a, I mean, hopefully this is an upward trend. I, I know that that was one of the, if not the biggest knock on Kingsbury's tenure here where those last couple of years of recruiting where I think everyone sensed a sinking ship and he didn't do a whole lot to, to, uh, dispel that. So, uh, you know, if, if tech's able to get in the forties this year, that's good and better than what, that what we've seen recently and maybe that'll just continue to, to creep into the 30s, and who knows. Yeah, I would hope that the recruiting rankings will continue to climb. Um, so you can see this, the team rebuild talent-wise uh, and then start competing more in the conference. So last week we talked about Big 12 bowl games, Michael, the bowl season earnestly kicks off this Friday night. Bahamas Bowl, Buffalo versus Charlotte. Are there any games, bowl games next week that you're 
you're interested in seeing? You know, I was I was looking through them, um, you know, matchups like Alcorn State versus North Carolina A and T, Central Michigan versus San Diego State, Liberty versus Georgia Southern. You know, I I think one of the the upcoming bowl games that looks um, most appealing to me will be SMU versus Florida Atlantic. That's in the Cherry Bundy Boca Raton Bowl. And that is actually at FAU Stadium, which doesn't seem fair. Um, well, but FAU is going to be without their, their their coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. I mean, I, I guess that's true. Um, the but, other one that looks interesting is Boise State versus Washington. I, I was going to look at that one too because it's a you've got a a ranked group of five versus a power five. Um, again, another another situation where you've got one of the teams dealing with a change on their coaching staff with Chris Peterson at Washington stepping down. Um, yeah. It, a much less drastic change though. Yeah. He'll, he'll still be within the, within the athletic department, but FAU is going on without Lane Kiffin, who's now in Oxford at Ole Miss, Man, which that's the, just going to be fun. <laughs> I can't wait that I, I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but the reception he got at, at the, the airport where he was taking a picture with some fan's baby. Yes. He hands the baby back. The fan says, make sure you get a burner phone. <laughs> this classic, man. And he just had that disheveled, looked like he slept in that suit. He probably slept in the plane. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, and maybe like in a, a bathroom or something. I don't know. He, he looked pretty rough. But, you know, as, as, as far as those bowl games go, if any of those look interesting to you, have I got a deal for you? As as a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, good old Dak Prescott will keep the Cowboys in the game. Yeah, he Every will. weekend, <laughs> every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So uh, with bowl season about to kick off, they would have the most up-to-date lines, most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. Tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. Best part is if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit. You can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code chair as in armchair to activate the car, uh, the offer. That's promo code chair to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. I'm going back through the ball games again and I'm Really, outside of the Big 12 bowl games, there's not much that interests me. Me neither. And the playoff, of course. The playoff. But, I mean, the Cotton Bowl, maybe? Penn State versus Memphis? Maybe. Sure. Uh, and sure. Then, and then you um, got your first round uh, there on the 28th of the playoffs. And then after that, you're kind of scrolling through uh, Florida, Virginia. Oh, I thought of a couple. Uh, USC versus Iowa and Air Force versus Washington State. Those are kind of, especially the Washington State one, that's intriguing. But holy cow, that's at 10.15 at night. Is this Eastern? 
No, because all the, times are Eastern. Okay, thank goodness. Okay, so nine fifteen. Sheesh. My Never bad, mind. That's much better. Um, the the New Year's Day bowls, I think, are the the big ones that that catch my attention: Alabama, Michigan, Auburn, Minnesota, Oregon, Wisconsin, Georgia, Baylor. Yeah, pretty much every bowl on on uh, New Year's Day is interesting to me. Yeah. And yeah, these these Big Twelve ones, I'm they're really pretty good. They're they're bad draws for some of the teams, but they're interesting teams. You know, you don't see Iowa State play Notre Dame very often, or or Utah play Texas or anything like that. So I I'm intrigued in the Big Twelve games, but outside of there, and the the New Year's games and it's just kind of hard to to find some matchups i'm i'm truly invested in yeah all right because it's still so far away i don't have a baseball intro here but imagine i'm playing some great baseball highlights for you right now oh great the crack of the bat yeah the <laughs> yeah, the crack of the the wooden bat that we play with in college um <laughs> Preseason rankings. I think the first one came out for the baseball team this week. Granted, if you ask Keith Patrick, this is one of the ones that is most ridiculous since he looks at all all the the baseball rankings out there and this is just one guy that comes up with this. But um, Texas Tech is ranked number three in a preseason poll and it marks the third year in a row that Texas Tech has started off in a preseason poll top five, which is a great indication of where this program is at and where it's headed. Um, you are really excited about the talent that you've seen come in from this last signing class. You still got some roster work that needs to be done following the red and black series. Uh, you had a couple guys kind of depart the team that participated. They played last season, Trey Garlett, local guy from Lubbock. He played at Cooper is going to Howard College, and then um, I'm not sure where he's headed, but Dane Havman is no longer on the team, which mm. I, I think that happened later in the summer or early summer. Anyways, um, the other thing I want, I want to mention really quickly is Keith Dinger Derby has some some content for you all. He recorded, um, and I think he said he's, re- he's he's cutting it up into two different episodes that'll go out. He obviously participated in the, the mashup podcast that we, we, I say we, that Michael participated in. Uh, so he'll have three new episodes coming out relatively soon. I think the first of his actual Dinger Derby podcast is out. If you want to go check that out. Um, and then his second one should be out soon. So yeah, so you can get your baseball fix pretty soon here in December. And then I think we're like just under two months away from the start of baseball season. I don't have the schedule in front of me to know the exact date, but it's it's coming up, man. I know. I can't believe it. And I can't believe we have a schedule. We do, and it came out so early. <laughs> comparatively, you know. Yeah, way early. All right. Um, let's let's do questions next. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. 
typed a question mark on the teleprompter. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so first up, from Brian Honk Carlos. True or false, Tech is ranked some... Tech is ranked come tournament time. If too easy, is Tech ranked in the top 20? You know, I could see a scenario where Tex finishes third or fourth in the Big 12 and they fall outside the top 25. Um, that That's kind of what I'm leaning on right now. I don't think – I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that they won't be ranked come tournament time. I will say yes, but not top 20. I think they'll be fringe 21, 25 area. Yeah, I mean that doesn't mean I'm thinking, oh gosh, Tech's gonna, they're gonna go 0 and 18 in Big 12. No, I I think they they could fall out and be, you know, if you extended the rankings, 28th, 30th, something like that. Yeah, you, you can still be a, a really good basketball team and not be ranked. Sure. Which also yeah. means if you are ranked, you, you're really good. Like yep. A, a a top 25 like that means something in basketball, whereas. The 25th basketball, I'm sorry, 25th football team, not as close to the number one football team, whereas basketball, a 25 is still pretty dang good. So you asked uh, on the on the Twitter, what's the most addicting video game you've ever played? Rob Bro says Brick Breakers. Yeah, I had to look that one up. I'm still not quite sure what it is, but I bet I would enjoy it quite a bit. Um. And and this is kind of a, I don't know if we want to just you you want to just roll into what we learned. I mean, if if you want to talk about that right now, okay, okay, because that's the reason this was on my mind when I asked that question. I started playing Farming Simulator 19 this week, and it has consumed my thoughts. <laughs> it's it's consumed mine. Let's be honest. <laughs> you you introduced it. I, I started looking into it and researching because it just sounded interesting and I've I've been sucked in. But you're there's you're a, you're actually playing it. So let us know how how it's going. I'm actually playing it. There's there's like a subculture of of people. There's a whole side of the internet that's just devoted to this game. Um I was talking to my boss about it and he started looking it up too and he said that he found some random message thread where people were talking about how many hours they've played it. We're talking thousands. There was a guy that there that, you know, said that they'd played it two thousand hours, and there's some big seasons mod just came out to where, you know, you actually have to deal with cold and snow and all that because it was always ideal growing conditions. Um, anyway, so that's a new mod that's come out. There's all sorts of mods. That's what's crazy. Even for us console guys, which I've got a Xbox and Spencer has a PS4, we're we can even participate in the mods. Usually, that's been more of a PC kind of thing. And it's so fun. You can plant all sorts of crops. You can have all sorts of livestock. The The amount of machinery on, on, the, uh, on the game is ridiculous. There's different modes where you can start out with a ton of money and buy whatever you want. Or you can be kind of realistic and start out with very little relatively money, like $300,000, which, yeah, that sounds like a lot until you start buying farm equipment. And uh, I grew up as a farm kid. My dad farmed, and I, I farmed with him up until I moved away for college. And it just, man, it's it scratches right where I itch, man. It's just so fun. 
I I loved it, and I'm I'm still. I actually have a paused game right now because we were working through some tech- technical difficulties before we started recording. So I'm 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 glad you're gonna have to get, get some, back to that game. I'm, I'm glad you're able to get some time in. When, yeah, I, when I was working uh, through the the troubles harvesting some corn uh, right now. And, and is it uh, is it your corn or are you contract labor for somebody else right now? No, nah, this was a contract one because I'm I'm saving up to buy a field that because you can do this. I, I learned about this through some YouTube videos I've been watching, you can flip a field, which is basically when the crop on that field is ready to harvest, you just buy the field, you harvest the crop. So you get all of the money for the crop and then you sell the field and you can sell it for the exact same amount you bought it for. So you basically just kind of pawned it (laughs) or something. Yeah. So you're, you're taking the, the profit of the harvest yeah, but not actually dealing with the ownership issues of the land, right? And and you get to have that money right back. So if if you want to spend that on something else, you can. Like one of the fields I bought last night was it's one of the smallest fields on the map I'm on. It was a hundred and five thousand or roughly. And so I bought that, and then I harvested the cotton off of it, and then sold it right back. Nice. Yep. So that, now that part's not very realistic. <laughs> there's there's a lot of things on here that are really realistic, yeah. and it's interesting how how well they've done it. And then there's a bunch of other little gimmicks and quirks and stuff that you can work around and get. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not that. <laughs> that's not how this really works, but it's still fun. Yeah. So you mentioned the the custom customization ability, the opportunity you have on the PC version, where they have all these mods. Um, you've got guys that are fairly skilled in code writing that'll write up code for different vehicles and, and stuff like that. They'll, they'll have designs on trailers or whatever, and they'll, they'll just create vehicles for the game, um, create maps on that kind of stuff, special servers for multiplayer games. Obviously that's a whole lot easier to, to do and, and kind of insert the code into the PC version than it is for the, the console version, which had me looking at possibly doing the PC version, because I, I think I'm going to buy it too, the game. <laughs> um, but the system requirements for a PC were ridiculous. I would have had to have upgraded not only my graphics card, I would have had to, with that, done my power supply and um, maybe even my processor. I was like, you know what? At spending $400 just to update the computer to get it to play the game. I think I'm just, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to play it on console. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I, you know, I bought a decent laptop recently and, and thought, man, I could use it for gaming because it's technically quote unquote a gaming laptop, but I don't know. I just, I'm old school. I'd rather go with the console. You don't have to upgrade it as much. And I know that you don't get as many features and options sometimes, but as little as I get to play, um, I can live with that. Yeah. Okay. Last things we w- we should touch on. Um, again, I'm not sure where we landed on this last week. I did finish the Marvel movies. I got through Endgame and then Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, when we were yeah, would no Far From Home. You, yeah, you had started. I think you had started Far From Home last week, and it was it was interesting. Um, not my favorite. Uh, the story was kind of was was strange. The concept was cool. 
for those that have seen it, you know kind of what I'm talking about, but not one of my favorites. Um, but we have started Star Wars, and I know that, Michael, you're getting pretty close to finishing for opening night here this week. Yes, I will be there Thursday night. I'm braving Twitter right now. Apparently, there's some spoilers leaking out already, so I'm going to tr- probably go on a social media blackout for the next couple days. Um, but yes, I watched The Force Awakens last night, and so tomorrow night, I will watch The Last Jedi and be completely or as prepared as I can for for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, quick review on Force Awakens. Still fun. Um, still basically a redo of, it's kind of a, almost a combo of of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. It kind of touches on both of those tones a little bit. But I didn't know, I don't know what else they could have done. And they they made some really bold, interesting choices in Last Jedi. And I haven't seen it since it was in the theater. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to watch that one and see what I think about it. Because I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, what I, when I saw it in the theater, I was kind of okay with most of the stuff they did. The, but also the build up to Snoke to just being cut in half was a little bit, not a little bit. That was way underwhelming. And then I was almost hoping that Kylo Ren and Ray would team up because that would be just that blow everyone's minds and that would be fun. Uh, I'm kind of hoping she goes to the dark side in this. Oh wow! This one. So we. We just finished Empire tonight, so we've obviously got 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 a ways to go. We are doing it in a machete. a modified machete order. We did four and five. Obviously, we had to start with uh, New Hope. Um, I think from here we're gonna do Rogue One, and then okay. drop back and do. Uh, Phantom Menace, uh, Attack of the Clones, Episode Three. What's the name of that one? What's bl- I'm blanking on it. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, and then jump, jump back to uh, Return of the Jedi, and then do seven and eight. Solo's in there somewhere. I'm I'm blanking on the exact th- order. I'm sorry. I kind of think it's, Solo would be after Revenge of the Sith. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. Samantha's not super excited about it. She's <laughs> she's like, hey, Spencer, I have a confession. I was like, what? You're bored, right? She's like, yeah. I was like, oh. well. It's, it's okay. Only 20 more hours to go. Well, so how she said it to me is like, well, I think I feel the way about Star Wars is the way that you felt about Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, you know what? That's probably accurate. Because Guardians <laughs> 1 and 2 was like, oh. Like a necessary this, it was evil. a slog for you. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, oh, that's only two movies compared to like nine. But here we go. <laughs> Press play. Let's see what happens. All righty. Um, programming note, we will not record next week. Next Tuesday night is New not New Year's, Christmas Eve. Probably, if we do record the following week, it'll be on an off day. So you have some content between Christmas and New Year's. Michael Lang, we'll work that out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But until then, you guys have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, be safe on all that, and we will catch you later. 
Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.